0: Who are we, if not measured by our impact on others? That's who we are. We're not who we say we are. We're not who we want to be. We are the sum of the influence and impact that we have in our lives on others. Carl Sagan. Welcome to the Citizens of the Globe podcast, where we not only embrace, but encourage change in our environment in our bodies in our minds and in our souls my name is michael maltese and i aim to break down the borders we create in our minds one meaningful conversation at a time there was a time in my life when i thought i knew the best and most logical way forward in all things and even if i wasn't knowledgeable in the subject at hand i knew how to gain the knowledge and apply myself to figure out what the best way forward was. While I didn't actually think this, I almost had a conceptualization that I was better than others. And I know now that I couldn't have been more wrong about anything in my entire life. In fact, nobody is better than anybody. You're not better because you have more money. You're not better because you're more woke. You're not better because you are vegan or a vegetarian or you eat meat and you hunt for your food or you're not better because you have that car. You're not better because you work out. You're not better because you have accepted your body. We're all just equal, including me and including you. I can sit here today and tell you how wrong that past version of Michael was in thinking that he was smarter or more capable than others. Because today, this version of Michael has done a lot of work with friends and family and therapy and myself to learn the errors in my thinking. I did a lot of this work through self-disclosure, which is, sharing the most vulnerable and sensitive parts of myself. In a way, sharing these vulnerabilities takes the power away from others that may want to use your insecurities against you, and it takes the power away from yourself to use them against yourself. However, I do recognize that there is a delicate balance to this, and you don't want to become an oversharing, overbearing person who dumps all of their life traumas onto a stranger you just met. Or you don't want to become a person telling the entire world your whole backstory via a podcast. (laughs) See, the difference between oversharing and healthy self-disclosure is that in self-disclosure, you're respectfully sharing your thoughts, feelings, fears, and ambitions with others. The focus isn't on the source of those feelings and fears and ambitions. It's more on the actual feelings, the thoughts, and the fears, and the ambitions themselves. Oftentimes, when we talk to others, especially loved ones, we get trapped in the how and why of things. For example, when someone says to me that, they're feeling kind of low today, I often reply with, why, did something happen? The philosopher David Hum said that we are creatures of customs and habits. The particularly dangerous habit we're talking about today is the belief in cause and effect. As a self-proclaimed left-brain logical thinker, I too understand the world in terms of cause and effect, If I push a set of standing dominoes, my push starts a chain reaction in the set of dominoes that results in them subsequently falling over. What my brain will not accept is that there is no cause for the dominoes to start falling. Such as if they started falling with no push, I'd look for a reason. I'd either assume that the table was uneven or a gust of wind pushed over the first domino and started the chain. That seems logical, right? The problem with this kind of thinking is that it's all based on an assumption that something causes another thing to happen. And to many of you listening, you may be thinking, well, yeah, no duh, Michael. The whole universe works that way. All you did was just haphazardly explain the scientific method. And to that I say, let's take a philosophical journey down into the depths of our brain with the goal of trying to confirm that everything really does have a cause to its effect. We shall begin with us. Where do we come from? Well, we are the product of Darwinian evolution, right? So that means we evolved from ape-like ancestors, and those ape-like ancestors evolved from four-legged rodents, and those rodents evolved from four-legged amphibians, and... That damn four legged fish who decided to crawl on land, resulting in me now having to work over a third of my entire existence, evolved from a plain old legless fish. And those fish evolved from small multicellular sea creatures and plants, which evolved from unicellular organisms. And you may remember from your sixth grade biology class that there are two types of single celled organisms eukaryotic and prokaryotic cells. The former evolved from the latter. And finally, after achieving our bachelor's degree in evolutionary biology, we arrive at the beginning of our evolutionary tree. See, we evolved from these prokaryotic cells, a.k.a. bacteria, and the bacteria we postulate was produced as a result of some extreme pressures and conditions of our floating rock's fiery adolescence some 3.6 billion years ago. Okay. Our Earth is about 4.5 billion years old, though, so where the heck did the Earth come from? Well, we're on this floating rock because our friend the Sun had a bunch of loose space debris orbiting it, and all that space debris eventually ran into each other, creating the massive formations we know today as planets. I think you know where we're headed with this next question. Where did the Sun come from? Well, we currently believe that before the Sun... We were a solar nebula of gas and space dust rotating around each other that eventually collapsed in on itself, creating our star of the solar system, the sun. This was about 4.6 billion years ago. Okay, but where did this gas and dust come from? Well, we'll skip to 14 billion years ago to what we know as the creation of our universe. The Big Bang. During this event, people with a lot more time and resources than me theorized that the universe was compacted into a very dense and tiny point that exploded, sending all of our universe into its glorious expansion. So you and I, and everything else in this universe, started from the same single point. And so in a way, we are all cosmically connected take a minute to soak that into your brain sponge and process what it means. Alright. After going back to school and obtaining a second degree in astronomy, we now understand that the cause of our existence is the Big Bang. But, uh... What caused the Big Bang? What force or thing or cause pushed the domino stack that this universe is into existence? Well, my friends, this is what we're all trying to answer in this life. Even before we knew anything about physics, our philosopher buddies were concluding the same thing that we do today. Even though we have an enormous amount of more information to aid us in our conclusions today, we came to the same thing that they did. And we touched on this before. Aristotle, 2.3 thousand years ago, concluded that the universe must have a prime mover, something that started everything. Although he didn't call the prime mover God, or the Big Bang, he called it thought. Today, Abrahamic religions call it God. Other religions believe different things, such as in the case of a Taoist, there's an energy that flows throughout the universe guiding its course. A Hindu believes that the deity Brahma created the universe from himself. And Buddhists drop the search for a beginning to this madness and say life is a cycle of birth and death. There is no beginning or end, just acceptance of the circumstances. But in all those schools of thought, I can still ask the Taoist, what created this energy? The Hindu, who created Brahma? And the Buddhist, who started the cycle? To no avail. No one can answer me. And if someone claims that they can, they do not understand the nature of this infinite argument. So we end our philosophical journey here, rest our brains. Because we don't know the cause to our effect. And we may never know. All this is to show you and I that not all things have to have a cause or a purpose or a reason. Sometimes you just feel low, and there doesn't need to be a reason. Sometimes trying to find a reason is actually what drives us further into our madness. So I'm here to tell you that it's okay to be happy for no reason at all or mad or sad or any emotion for any reason or no reason. I saw a picture the other day that told me to treat emotions like visitors just passing by. And I really like that because sometimes I can get wrapped up in finding the cause to a certain emotion thinking I have to fix something when in reality there may be nothing to fix at all. We are thinking and feeling creatures that came from a bunch of circulating stardust. None of this makes any sense. And so I'll take a page from the Buddhist book. There's only acceptance. And with that, I hope you continue to create the day that you want.